In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome to episode 62 of the Living the Catholic Faith podcast. My name is Deacon Steve, and I remain a permanent deacon in the Diocese of Phoenix. Well, it's hard to believe it's the first day of spring has come. We're getting to the end of March, and soon Holy Week will be upon us. This weekend we'll be celebrating the fifth Sunday of Lent. If you are in the Lenten journey and doing well, keep on keeping on. If you're struggling, at times that is the point. For Lent is a time not to simply give up things for God to make ourselves feel better, but to give up things for God where we feel the emptiness, the loneliness, the absence of those things that we thought meant so much for us. And the reason that's important, my brothers and sisters, is that it leaves room for God to grow within us. So let us pray during this weekend of the fifth Sunday of, Ad- of Lent, almost said Advent, that we will allow the Lord to enter into us more deeply, that we will truly die to ourselves th- so that Christ may be one in us, with us, and for us all the days of our lives. Our topic this week is almsgiving. Almsgiving is the act of donating money or goods to the poor or performing other acts of charity. It is a way of showing compassion and love for others. It is also a way of fulfilling the Christian commandment to love one's neighbor. The Catholic Church considers almsgiving to be a witness to fraternal charity and a work of justice pleasing to God. Almsgiving is traditionally seen as a way for us to atone for our sins and a way to help alleviate the suffering of the poor. There are many different ways to give alms, and the amount of alms that one gives is not as important as the sincerity of the gift. Some common ways to give alms include donating money to charities that help the poor, volunteering time in a soup kitchen or a shelter for those experiencing homelessness, giving food or clothing to those in need, saying a prayer for the poor. Almsgiving is a way of showing compassion and love for others. It is a way of fulfilling the Christian commandment that Christ gave us to love our neighbor. It is a traditional Catholic practice that, thank God, is widely observed today. Breaking Open the Word Today we'll hear the shorter form of the Gospel, John 11, 3-7, 17, 20-27, and 33b-45. The sisters of Lazarus sent word to Jesus, saying, Master, the one you love is ill. When Jesus heard this, he said, This illness is not to end in death, but is for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, 
So when he heard that he was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary sat at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise. Martha said, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. He became perturbed and deeply troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said to her, Sir, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some, some of them said, Could not the one who opened the eyes of the blind man have done something so that this man would not have died? So Jesus, perturbed again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay across it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the dead man's sister, said to him, Lord, by now there will be a stench. He has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me. Because of the crowd here, I have said this, that they may believe that you have sent me. And when he had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, tied hand and foot with burial bands, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. So Jesus said to them, Untie him and let him go. Now many of the Jews who had come to Mary and seen what he had done began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Surprised to see an empty seat at the Super Bowl stadium in Glendale, a diehard fan remarked about it to the woman sitting nearby. It was my husband's, the woman explained, but he died. I'm very sorry, said the man. Yet I'm really surprised that another relative or friend didn't jump at the chance to take the seat reserved for him. Beats me, she said. They all insisted on going to the funeral. In our first reading for the fifth Sunday of Lent, we hear from the prophet Ezekiel. And we hear that the Lord God will have his people rise from the dead, that he will put his spirit in us so that we may live. In our second reading from St. Paul to the Romans, we hear that the spirit will give life. And in the Gospel of St. John, we hear about the resuscitation of Lazarus, that he is brought back from the dead to life. 
So what I think, my brothers and sisters, we are called to think about on this fifth Sunday of Lent is this. God, by his love and grace, put death and killed it so that death is dead. Now, think about that. If you think about your life and your relationship to death, is death really dead? Well, not really. For if death were dead to us, we wouldn't be so afraid of it. We wouldn't do everything we can to distract ourselves from it, to almost be in semi-denial, planning for things sometimes years from now when we don't even know if we're going to be alive that long. We fear death so much that we really don't want to even think about, contemplate the fact that we are going to die. Even as we get older, we act as if we're not going to. We distract ourselves in every way possible from thinking about death, getting involved in activities of the world, doing anything not to think about the fact that we're not going to be here on earth forever. And as we're distracting ourselves from from death, death is very much alive in our lives. We can even get to the point where we are almost denying our own death. We hoard and grab and go after more and more things of the world as if we think we're going to be here forever and take them with us. And when we live in this sort of denial, we are again living with death being very much alive in our lives. And yet Christ came into the world and died to put death to death. And for that to happen, we must ask for God's help. We must ask the Lord not to fear our death. Now, I can't tell you that I don't fear dying, and I know some of the holiest people that I have met still do. It is, in a sense, the unknown. But we do not need to fear it. For we who believe know that Christ died and rose so that we would not have to die in sin. Now, just because we don't fear it, if, if death is going to be dead for us, we must also prepare ourselves spiritually for it. How do we do that? By dying to ourselves now, for getting our priorities straight, for knowing what is really important and what isn't. It's not the things and pleasures of the world that matter. It's preparing ourselves to die to sinfulness, selfishness, disordered attachments, and all the things that get in the way of us being more and more configured to Christ. That is what we can do to help put death and make it dead. And We can put our trust in God's mercy. God wants us to be with him for all eternity. He desires it for every one of his creation. He didn't put us on earth to go to hell. He brought us to earth so that we could live with him here on earth and then for all eternity with him in the kingdom. 
My brothers and sisters, on this fifth Sunday of Lent, we are called to think about death. Not just our death, but death in general. And we are called to ask ourselves, is death and the fear of death running our lives? Is it very much alive in our existence? Or can we pray to God to help us put death to death so that we can live not in fear, but in faith? Faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, who came upon the earth to die to our sins and give us the gift of everlasting life. Well, we've come to the end of episode 62 of Living the Catholic Faith podcast. I hope and pray that this podcast, in its small way, has helped you and helped us all live our faith more deeply. Let us pray that as we continue and come soon to the end of our Lenten journey, may we truly, truly die to ourselves so that we no longer need to fear death and can enjoy the gifts, the greatest gift of all time, the gift of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And let us pray the prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will. All I have and call my own. You've given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. My brothers and sisters, please bow your heads to receive God's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. And may Almighty God bless you all, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My brothers and sisters, truly go in peace to love and to serve the Lord and one another. By God's grace to put death to death in our hearts so that we may continue our journey in living the Catholic faith.